This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Welcome to the Rock Initiative, the best podcast ever. Come on. Rashad Wright, baby. Never been wrong. Welcome. What's up, brother? How you doing? To your studio. Our studio. Our studio. Our Rock Initiative, yeah. Mm. Cheers to that. Um, so to people that don't know who you are, okay, give us a short introduction. Um, my name's Rashad Wright, and uh, I've never been wrong. Yeah, we spoke <laughs> about that too. So nah, I'm a, I'm a poet, I'm a writer, a performer, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good summarization. Yeah, how long you been doing it for, man? You've um, been doing this for a while, huh? Eight years. Um, I started in high school senior year. Dang, high school was eight years ago. That's crazy. High school senior year. Yeah. How did you start? Like at a talent show or did you have like an assignment and that was when you had to tap into that sort of thing? Tap into writing? Um, you know, it's funny because we've been friends for years. I'm not sure if you know any of these answers, but I went to Maris High School and we had to do a club activity and I chose Soul Poetry because that was the only club that offered air and conditioning and didn't have me running around doing athletic stuff. So I started poetry because of Soul Poetry Club in Maris. Yeah. Mm. And the air conditioners were really- That was my in, selling huh? point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the summer? Uh, no, it was during the school year. Oh. <laughs> I was, was involved nice. in mad stuff and it was all athletics. So I just wanted some time to chill. And mm-hmm. AC was like, oh, let's go. Yeah, it's different. You did a lot of track too. Track, yeah. Track, swimming, and fencing. Yeah, you were active. And fencing is something that I just uh, learned recently about you that you did. That's oh. pretty cool, man. Remember when we were driving to yeah. Patterson to your place? That's pretty cool, man. And you did that for a while, right? And you decided to do that over, uh, what'd you say? I was over swimming? Um, yes, yeah. I gave up swimming. I gave up fencing to do swimming. And I never got back to fencing, but I was doing that for eight years too, up until senior year of high school. Yeah, pretty active. Pretty active dude, man. Um, and then you got into college, Roger. NJCU, uh-huh. repping. Uh, where did you, where did you get, I think it was Steven, but where did you get the like drive to join the military? Cause that was a long chapter two of your life, right? Six years in the National Guard. Um, I enlisted cause I wanted to pay. So originally I wasn't gonna go to college. I was gonna go straight to the Air Force after high school. Cause I didn't think there was nothing I wanted to study and I didn't have any idea. So I was going to join the military. My mom really wanted me to go to college. So I said, you know what? I'll apply to some colleges. Got in everywhere I applied, ended up at NJCU, ended up in debt and said, hey mom, I'm not cool with you paying for my college and I'm not going to make enough money and be a student. So I enlisted to mm-hmm. cover my tuition. Word. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's the, that's the great fucking benefit. That's it. Joining the military. I mean, that's probably their strongest sell point. Hey, come here. We got your college debt covered. Don't worry about it. That's, Might just got to kill somebody for us. That's all. The only reason I joined. Didn't have America. to kill nobody either. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right? That's good. I feel just like that's killing the game. That's all you're killing right now, man. Definitely killing the game. Oh, ooh, getting a little risque out here, Roke. Yeah, I'm taking this off. It's hot. It's hot. It's because you're fire. The fire inside the fire. us, the passion. Yeah. It's probably just the heat. With a, with a Y, F Y. R-E. Fire. Yeah. Festival. F-I-Y-A-H? Oh, oh, the fire festival. Yeah. Damn. I wish we went to that. No. Nah. That would have been fun. Stranded on that island. What the fuck? That's crazy. What the fuck is going on? You saw their meals? Yo, yo, yeah. You saw the meals. They're like, <laughs> it's just bread. That's who who and how, man. It was crazy. Oh, you Lunchables. Know what? They were eating lunchables, basically. Let me some- yeah, that fest- that festival was a fucking mess. The festival was a mess. You make it sound like, like you were there. Well, I saw that documentary on Netflix. So oh, you saw? Was it there two of them? Yeah, one in Hulu and one on Netflix. That's and it was crazy. like two different like perspectives or something like that. I didn't see the Hulu one. It was two different teams, two different people who had the same idea to do the same exact thing, and they both came out on two different streaming platforms. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember enough in terms of like the differences, but I did see the one on Netflix. I didn't see both of them. Um, the and it seemed like it was a great idea. You know, mm-hmm. everything starts initially, I think, with a great idea, and then like the expenses, uh, the expenses kick in. The reality of like, I think they had a certain island that they were gonna 
work on Pablo Escobar's yes, island or something. Yes. But then I think the person said, don't mention that it's Pablo Escobar's island. That's the only thing they, they were the asking. Only rule. And then in the fucking ad, it's like, Pablo Escobar's <laughs> island, come party, man. Drugs. And then it's like, well, you can't use the island anymore. So then they had to scramble to find another place. And that's when everything just started falling apart. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's, you know what's crazy about that? The power of marketing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they had a probably crazy budget and they paid these influencers to, you know, start that whole fucking Ja Rule. Ja Rule, man. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's not. Ja Rule was just dipping his toes in something new, right? Right. He was just trying something. How long have you been in film, Juan? How did you end up here? I think I've been in film all my life. Okay. You've all been my life. in film all your life. Yeah, I was born in film. So you came out the womb with the. No, but thinking back, like I was thinking about this the other day, a part of me, uh, and this is why we actually have to get sound panels. Roger. Yeah, that... Oh, yeah, yeah. That echo. No, but uh, I've, been, I've been like creating scenes in my head since I was like little. Like in grammar school, I had a very like sort of small attention span. So, like, I, I don't know if you're the same too in the notebook. On like the side of the notebook where they had like that side it just had a line you can't write on right. that side of the line for some reason just stay within you know that, yeah. this bracket on the side i would always doodle things and i would like create small drawings and characters and then i would do those like flip it book stuff too wow. sometimes with like the animating once i discovered that sort of shit with like the bouncing ball uh-huh. i was never good at that because like you have to be pretty accurate you know like repeating frames and stuff but like i was literally thinking about that the other day like dude i've been kind of thinking wow. about this shit for a while. Um, but I didn't take it seriously until uh, NJCU mm-hmm. junior year. Okay. Junior year. So now it must be um, like seven years, six or seven years. What clicked that difference? What made that pop for you? Um, well, kind of like how we were talking to ourselves. Like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, like realistically for money and like what are my interests and stuff like mm-hmm. getting thrown into college like right after high school uh not really knowing main interests and in, like what i liked and and who i really was it's like okay now just choose a career choice quick quick come on come on you're paying for these classes you got to decide now so i was yeah. undeclared for a while uh and that's the brutality of college too like you gotta fucking pick some pick some put yourself in some hole and you're gonna do that the rest of your life yeah crazy yeah you don't have a break really because now you're in these ge courses uh, that you have to manage at the same time you're trying to figure out what it is you want to do. And for me, um, I finally had to make that choice because it's like, okay, it's like beginning of junior year and I was spending that summer like watching movies. Like I saw like Psycho for the first time, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and right. I went back to like like film noir pieces, um, kind of digging deeper into like the history of stuff. And I oh, realized stuff. like, I'm like watching these movies and stuff. Maybe I should experiment with this stuff. Maybe right. I should discover what this is about. Uh, so the media arts program in NGCU kind of helped kind of uh, grow that seed, grow that seed. And there's so many, there's so many things in filmmaking that you can do, you know? Okay. So the journey there uh, was like first, like figuring out like what all these different things, like editors, shooters, directors, yeah. and like getting it to sound. I don't know myself. There's so much stuff, man. It's it's pretty cool. It's cool, but it's overwhelming when you're first coming in and you have to kind of like scope out what it is. Cause there's people that like I'm a director, and and I've like decided this only really like last year. Like I want to direct. Yes. You know, and, okay. And this is my role because I I think I I do believe that you could be like jack of all trades, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but then that statement, like master of none, you know, it's like you're you're dabbling in so many different things. You're not really in anything. Yeah, you're yeah. not really in anything, you know. Like for you, like when you perform, like this is what you do. So when you're on the stage, <laughs> shazam, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You have a crazy amount of energy. Like, uh, and, you know, I don't go to a lot of performances, but earlier on, even mm-hmm. when we were just like, I think when you were first doing these like open mics at uh, like Cafe Soul, Cafe Soleil, yeah. Cafe Soleil, and like just these different places, Gia's. Oh, that's, that's a back in the day. Gia's, yeah. some right, some I, I forget. Gia Gelados, Gia Gelato, yeah, yeah. Like just experiencing those, and there's a. Uh, what's great is that when you perform, you see that contrast. Uh huh. Like you see someone come in, and it's like a little more subtle, and they're reading their piece, and it's like oh, it's a powerful piece, and then Rashad comes in. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. You know, 
um, I guys got to say, like, uh, I wasn't always at that level, you know. Uh, I Like you, you said you watched uh, old-fashioned films like noir and things like that. I watched Eddie Murphy. Uh, so the Delirious and the Raw uh, shows when I was kid, when I was a kid. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to be on stage, uh, I don't know how to do that. I already know how to write. I don't know how to perform. What was my favorite performance? Delirious and Raw. So I modeled my stage presence after Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. He was like, what's the word? What's the good word for like how he performed? He was just very active. Yeah. That's not strong he enough. Moves, he moves around the crowd. Uh, like subtle things like that people don't even think about. That is a very active thing that performers do to keep and hold people's attention. Like if I see this side of the crowd is like dead often i walk over there throw in a joke uh in the middle of a poem or a set you know make eye contact with people say so look back at me yeah being on stage is like being a mirror you know they're going to reflect what i put out to them mm -hmm. you know yeah that's yeah. fucking cool dude and you i mean uh i don't know if we spoke about it too much but i'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy okay and that's that's exactly like the um the magic there there's a back and forth, like the audience, your like energy is entirely connected to them. So yes. like, it's a, it's like feeding back and forth. So if the audience is dead, it's like, you got to stay alive. You got to stay alive, bring them back. It's a dance. Yeah. And that's so cool that like your inspiration was rooted in stand up. Yeah. Which is kind of like what you do too. It's like a mix. Like once your piece is done, it's like, all right, motherfuckers, like, you don't curse. <laughs> you don't curse. But, like, you know, you're like, you, you crack these jokes and you make people comfortable. You make them laugh. Yes. Um, I want people to have an experience. I believe, I'm sure you agree with this. I, as a writer, people don't think this way, but I think my art should be three-dimensional, meaning it's like a full experience. You can laugh, cry, you may rage out all in the same poem in my writing. So why not have me do that while I perform it as well? You know, mm -hmm. it's more immersive. Genius. That's my goal. Genius. That's smart, man. That's smart. And ultimately, like for the same stuff where, you know, I, I direct these videos uh, and, and make these like content for uh, brands and different businesses. Like the idea is to ultimately be like uh, not remembered. That's not what I want to say. Not remembered, but like different. OK, so I think that's important, too, where like what I was saying before, you get on stage after certain performers and there's this contrast. You're different. You know, you bring a different energy and that's how you get remembered yeah. that's definitely over time like how you build up you know any artist that's how they build up a fan base especially when it's like contrasting right like at a pre-covid mm -hmm. um even though my boy adam threw a sh little show you know covid compliant though free drugs it's called so they were like artists and uh stand-up comedians there so it's kind of nice to re-experience that but it's been a while since i've been to a show but you get that contrast there's like four bands who are you going to remember? You go to see someone, right? Usually, yeah, yeah. right? So there's someone that you see. But then are you going to remember these other, like the opening act, the right. end, you know? Like how can you stand out? So the way you stand out, you're saying, is just like hitting them on all ends. I, I also teach performance. And one thing I teach on top of that is the show starts the second you make an impression on someone. So like if... I heard about if I heard about an open mic like Gia Gelato's, right? Mm -hmm. I might hit up the owner of the open mic. I might uh, message them and say, "Hey, my name's Rashad. Uh, what time's the show? When is sign up?" Now that the organizer already knows who I am, they're going to be a bit more friendly when they introduce me to the crowd. When I walk into the uh, building, uh, and if I'm really clapping and supporting everyone else that's performing, they're going to probably do the same thing for me. The, sh the second I walk into the room, the second I make contact with someone, that affects how the entire audience is going to perceive me. Because if I got one follower in the crowd and they clap for me, the person next to them might do it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like a, this, it's, it's a very contagious thing. It's a domino. Same as like, uh -huh, same as like the experience in a the theater, mm -hmm. like watching a movie, those like, wow, those moments where like the hero comes in, like fucking Marvel, everyone's like, yeah! you know, like the guy next to someone else, they're just, are you just gonna like be like this? <laughs> no, <laughs> they're gonna be like, oh yeah! You know, it's you like absorb that. Unison. Yeah, yeah. That's the great thing about the the human experience. You know, it's like these moments of unity with sometimes strangers. You know, like you bring friends or whatever. But there's these moments where art just brings shit to life in this crowd of strangers. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's what I miss about the theater too. Okay, they're bringing shit to like HBO Max and Paramount Plus now. You know, but I miss that like unified reaction. Yeah, to, you know what I mean. 
going to the movies was an experience. Yeah, yeah, man. It was an experience. And I don't know if it's coming back to normal anymore, especially I, since everything's streaming now. Right. They, I mean, they're trying to do it both at the same time. I know they're uh, streaming Coming to America 2 and it's in theaters at the same time. I'm like, well, it's so convenient. Why would I go to theaters? Yeah. It's, you it's have hard to, be, to get over that, you know? Yeah. You got to be like a really big movie lover to be like okay tv or i gotta drive find parking buy a pay. ticket yeah all this shit yeah it's it's a big difference you used to work at amc right yeah i got fired oh snap what happened i got fired because um uh i lit the manager on fire i don't think that happened yeah i don't so think literally we have this conversation if that actually happened mm. well it was a process you know I lit him on. No, imagine. No, I was just irresponsible. It just came late. Oh, and they were they were pretty on top of like uh, attendance when I came in. Okay. Which is like, this is what I don't miss about work: favoritism. There's like people that would come late, you know, and like, oh, hey, what's up, baby? Oh, yeah, whatever, blah blah blah. It's like, cool, come on, baby, got to work. Mm. And then you know, I, I was newer, so I would come in and like three strikes. I did miss one important meeting. Where they were like doing like fire drill and running through a little okay. shit. I came when it was done. Yeah. It's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, it's like, yeah, I'm here. It's like, well, uh, it's done. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go. I'll catch y'all later. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. So you've been a full time artist ever since then? No, after I got let go from there. Okay. Uh, I was homeless. I can't joke about that. I'm just kidding. I like, no, I was uh, I was jobless. Okay. And I was there for eight months. Uh. So, you know, with resumes, like you list the places that you've been at and you mm -hmm, usually have mm -hmm. uh, numbers for reference. So I couldn't list AMC because I got let go, you know, and um, it was fun working there. It was a lot of fun. It was a little weird where you get like a little bit like animalistic because you're cleaning after these people constantly. Yeah. And then coworkers are like, they find like untouched things like, hey, man, I found some Starbucks. Check this shit out, man. And you're like, oh, we're And they just start eating. It was weird. It was weird. Some nachos. Some people were beyond like comfortability. Some people would find nachos like untouched or something, but that fucking shit was definitely touched, you know? That's crazy. And, yeah. But the thing is with these jobs, like you don't eat enough, you know? Okay. Your breaks are short or like, uh, it's like a long work shift. So you're just walking around, you know, you got to come like, and you're young and a little, you know, young, dumb and broke. How old you were? Young, How old were you? Like 18? Somewhere. Yeah. I'm really bad with time. So like, I can't even, hang on, let me just double check. Yeah. I can't even safely like say an age. Okay. Confidently. Um. But yeah, I got late. I got late too many times. Couldn't listen in the resume. But then I went to. I don't know if you ever been to Bucket and Bay. Once Bucket or twice, like, maybe. It's like a gelato shop. My friend Marilyn got me a job there. Okay. So I was there for a year and eight months, and that was my last job. That oh, was okay. my last like, long customer ago? service job. Probably what's it? Twenty twenty one now. Probably like twenty sixteen. Oh snap! Dang. Twenty fifteen. Twenty sixteen. Thank you. I think. At some point, you make a decision. The decision. You got to make a choice it, because these jobs that you work are draining. True. Um, and creatively, you need a certain amount of energy you and do. attention, you know, and drive. And I realized being there as the job got more and more like a, a little frustrating because they kept adding more and more responsibilities mm -hmm. from when I started, which is great because they're growing and they're expanding and they're adding these new things. But, you know, I'm not getting paid any extra to do these extra things, really, you know. It's like minimum wage, too. I was realizing I was doing a lot of weddings at the time. Like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a good amount of money for these weddings. I could start building my, like, uh, gear out and, like, expanding and yes. try to, like, collaborate instead of, you know, spending all this time here. Uh, so at some point... Also, those those jobs, I don't know if you're the same. I was just hitting a funk. You know, I was there for too long. Okay. I was there for too long and I was just getting sad. I was like depressed. So I would show up and, you know, if there's like a side-by-side -side, um, comparison to like when I started to when, when I was about left. to leave, yeah. just jaded, you know, just done. Like Dang. I wasn't good. I wasn't good. You have to like tell these customers like these flavors like, oh, yeah, the vanilla has bling, 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 bling. You got to give them this whole thing. Yeah. Just uh, regurgitate You got to smile. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like yuppies in his downtown and- Cool, cool customers though, like reoccurring people sometimes. Yeah. But over time, it's like you know, you got an apron on, and you just feel like this is this is. I'm at a certain age where I think I shouldn't be here anymore. It's like for high schools or like early college, you know, looking for work. But do you think everyone that works there feels that way? Because I, I mean, like I hate customer service and stuff like that as well. But there are people that go in there every day. That's their job, and they love it. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, just <clears throat> swallow that really badly. Um, yeah, no, I think when you first join something, oh, when you first join something, it's like there's an exciting element to it. Right. Because it's like a new world, new employees, um, especially if you haven't done too many <clears throat> like customer service jobs or jobs in general, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. second job, third job, all that shit, you should be like a sponge and draining like the experience of like speaking to customers, speaking to different people and like, you know, having these, because la- there were a lot of cool, unique people that would come in, cool conversations Word. back and forth, um, you know, but I think as as like maybe humans, we get <clears throat> we get tired after a certain time. We get tired of like the repetition of something. so long, yeah. Yeah, like repetition in general. I don't think that's everyone though, man. People look, certain people, like me being in the military, I saw people that love schedule, that love being regimented. Oh, yeah. They know what they're that's going true. to do each and every second they plan it out. I can't do it. Couldn't do it, even if I tried. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. Uh, I know you're a little into zodiac signs, right? I'm a Capricorn, so I'm very heavy into the scheduling right. stuff, and very heavily like into setting these goals and tasks underneath, and like picking it out and like getting shit done. But Leo Nation, for everybody listening, you know Leo's out here. Just had to throw that out there. What are what are some Leo traits? Leo traits. Yeah, I got you. Getting it on record. Yeah, because I don't even know. Well, first off, we're the most important person in ever. Um, I've never not been important. Um, the most important person in ever. In ever, yeah. You remember okay. back then? Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo's. Center of attention, life of the party, often very social, um, friendly, easy to get along with, or tries to be easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. Uh, prideful, sometimes naive. Uh, yeah. You know, actually... The way we treat zodiac signs, the Japanese think of a blood types. So yeah, you, you, oh yeah, you told me this before. Did I? Which is a little more like bizarre. So basically, most of the traits that a Leo has is basically most of the traits that someone in, that's O positive would have. You know, like mm. whether you're positive or negative also affects how your personality would come out, which is crazy. I don't know why I studied all this, but I did. And yeah, it was fun. a lot of yeah. free time. Too much free time, man. A lot of free time. How do you, how COVID, do you manage man. your time, though? Yeah, COVID. I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing. COVID definitely allowed us to check out some of these interests. Uh huh. And you were checking out Japanese blood uh, types, blood types, <laughs> how, how they manage their. But there's like still uh, accuracies where there, right? In comparison, for some reason, I, I don't know the science behind it, but it makes sense. It's logical for me. I know it's not rooted in anything, but. As long as there's something for me to grab onto, that's what it's rooted in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you asked me how I manage my time. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a full-time artist with a part-time job. So during the week, Monday through Friday, awake, I'm, I live in Patterson. Uh, I live in an artist commune. So there are seven artists. We're all roommates. We live together in a warehouse. Uh, we all do different crafts. We all built our own rooms, build things together. They teach me how to do all of the above. And every day I write at least 300 words. Um, I journal. Uh, that's my practice for that's writing. In your, that's in your daily habit. Yes. To journal? Yeah. Really cool. 300 words, 10 minutes, uh, anything. It's not poetry. It's I, For like the first month I was doing it, I made sure that anything I wrote wasn't poetry. Because <laughs> I needed to get away from that. I needed that escape. Mm-hmm. So the journal... The journal entries are more stream of conscious. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I learn a lot about myself and through journaling. Yeah, like yeah. How, what are these? What yeah? What are the certain uh, qualities like like that that you get from journaling that you see benefits from? Um, I process my feelings. You know, uh, if like for example, if I had a phone conversation with a friend uh, the day before, I might wake up in the morning sit at my laptop, process, and write it in my journal, and I figure out how I feel about that person, you know? Mm-hmm. But just reflecting on the conversation we had, like, oh, we had a 30-minute conversation. I didn't plan to have that, but that happened. You know, there might be something there, you know? It's introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's important to uh, sort of make these, like, uh, daily logs because of how our minds work, you mm-hmm. know? Like, over time, like, there's, there's only, like, a, a, a finite amount of things we can store in our head so then that's the cool thing about a journal where I used to write in one too. Okay. You can look back and and revisit these moments. Yeah. And revisit these memories, you know, and like realize like, oh, I was feeling really good at this period of time. 
why and it's like that's why you were writing it you know so that's why I, I, that's one reason for sure i think it's it's great you're doing that sometimes i get scared to look back man because i've been like like this was a rough year for me i mean 2020 was a rough year for everybody but um sometimes looking back at those moments i want to just leave it as if it didn't happen but i did document it and i do want to respect that person that was alive or that identity i had for that day you know because we change every day yeah what was it like oh, another morning with the boner the moaning boner that was not what I was, that's not entries right no nah, that's never, not an entry uh maybe your journal that's yeah, all right it's every morning it's like another morning well that's natural let's you know that's uh <laughs> not <laughs> no yeah my my entries are yeah there's there's like these hyper personal moments that i decide to mm -hmm. write to that uh i feel the same way like i feel like if i revisit i'm like fuck i was here i was there in that place yeah. um same here yeah i've been through uh a lot of ups and downs and through a down period too but the great thing about uh like in my personal experience writing that like writing in that moment uh-huh just putting it on paper, something alleviates. It's a release. It's a release. Yeah, catharsis. That's the word. Yeah. Catharsis. That's a nice word, too. It sure is. It's like healing feeling to it. There's catharsis in catharsis. Ah, role models. I have a lot of different role models okay. for different things. Like Really? Uh very Capricorn to you. There's there's like uh yeah, there's like business and like drive role okay. models. And then there's like behavioral uh, um, positivity sort of role models. And then there's like comedic role models. Just like kind of broken out to these several things. Oh my God, that sounds so annoying. I'm I getting think, a headache. I think like, oh. I think uh, I'm not, you know, so I'm not crazy into capitalism, but it's a part of the world. And as you progress in something, you want it to grow. You know, and the idea of capitalism is essentially that something that grows and expands, but it's been corrupted via just greed. Yeah. You know, greed and uh, the top white folk, not white folk, but, you know, predominantly. Top 1%. Top 1%. Um, so, you know, when you mix greed and capitalism, that's where it gets very negative. But ultimately, like if we start a business together, we would ideally want it to, to grow mm -hmm. and, and, and make some money with it, you know. And live off it so right. that's kind of like capitalism allows that you know um so like elon musk is one of my uh like maybe business like uh inspirations just okay. like the drive the, the the work ethic um the amount of things he does too it's just like very impressive so i always kind of like consider the schedules of these people up there that are doing a lot of cool great things and try and apply that you know and then like s sort of for mood for mood, it's like Will Ferrell. That's my guy. Oh, wait. fucking love Will I love Ferrell. Will Ferrell he's too, a, actually, he's such a great, like, lighthearted spirit. Um, and you know, we don't, we we only know a certain amount of someone. Bro, you, know? you sound like you know these people, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like personal relationship. Yeah. But that's the weird thing about media. I've watched interviews of Will Ferrell, Come comedians. On. You know, okay. I, I've watched interviews and I've seen most of his movies. So you feel like you know someone, but you don't really know somebody. Yeah, right. That's the that's the strange thing. Or do you? Can, is that even possible I really know someone based just on the content they put out, you know? No, it's impossible. It is impossible, isn't it? There can be, there's there's not, not a facade, but there's a limited amount of personality that someone brings on the table. Only so much authenticity, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so taking it with like a grain of salt, like, oh, this guy looks, seems really nice, but then everything is really fabricated depending where you're, you're checking them out, like Conan O'Brien or Jimmy Fallon, mm -hmm. like these talk shows and, you know, where these interviews happen, like they're like thought beforehand or you know they're kind of like uh these bits that they have incorporated in conversations uh -huh. are all kind of like figured out uh pre the person like coming in you know right so a lot of it is like fabricated and movies are entirely fabricated so there's only so yeah. much you can get but you know the motherfucker's funny you know <laughs> he's like kind maybe i don't know if he hits his wife right who knows? I mean, that, that would was be a very news. specific. Uh, that would be in the news. Okay, yeah, yeah it would that be would in probably the news. show up in the news. Um, hopefully, hopefully what? Hopefully, it would make the news. Okay, okay. You know? I thought you meant hopefully he is. No, yeah. Ooh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> is that your like? <laughs> that's your like apology. Like, don't cancel me. Um, yeah, I, but but I have several like role models. I see, man. Dang, I was like, dang, my boy had the whole catalog. It felt like you opened up a proverbial book. 
yeah. uh, role models. You yeah. got them sectioned off and file cabinets and stuff. I was like, yeah. Dang, I like, Cap. Yeah, there's so many people out there that, you know, media sort of pushes in, in our way. And that's up to our personalities to sort of filter who we fuck with and, you know, uh, what we take from those people, too. Like, who are, who are, who are some of your role models? Bruh, my answer is I have two role models. My, you have two? Just two. And for everything. Uh, my dad in Static Shock. Word. Crazy. One of them not even a real person. So yeah, yeah. No, my, that's cool. I my, mean, I you know, I I think family is a given. Like my grandfather. He's, okay. My grandfather. It was his birthday. Dang. Uh, so you just said my other one doesn't even count either. You said family is a given. So my role models don't I count. I think fa- I think family is a given. If oh, somebody dang. like helped be a part of like no no not in the sense like it devalues the role model. Oh, it's like right. it's like. Certain family members are just there, you know, like my uncle, my okay. grandfather, my father, for sure. Those you were talking about like, your grandfather. His birthday just passed. Happy his birthday. Happy birthday, granddad. Happy birthday. Yeah. It was just yesterday. Um, okay. He's 82. Pisces. 82, sorry to hear that, man. 83. Pisces? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He, um, we were talking yesterday, like he, when I was little and with my little brother and cousin, mm-hmm. he would bring us to the city, to his office. Okay. He would make us work in his office, like small stuff, and he would pay us. He like, gave us dope. our first job when we were huh. little, making us understand work and like pay and like, you know, I, I spent it on candy. I didn't do anything good right? with the money. But that's still a lesson. Yeah. You have all these sweet little moments and stuff, man. Like, yeah. Do you know that how sentimental of a person you are? Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. Character no, it's trait? like toxic. It's really bad mentally. I'm very nostalgic. Okay. I'm okay. Too I can see how that could be and overwhelming it, it sometimes. Gets, yeah, it, it's like kind of detrimental a little to the health. You talk about but, nostalgia a lot, too. Do I? Yeah. Memories. Yeah. Yesterday. All my trouble seems so far away. Boom, boom. You know that Beatles song? Yesterday? I clearly don't. You can't read the face? Damn. Damn. Yeah, you would have joined. Yeah, right? Or yeah. something. Men's night. Hold up, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you would have said men's night. That was you yesterday, man. Um, But those are great role models. Like, we were talking about Static Shock for a minute. Oh, where? We were talking about Static Shock for a minute. and like Yesterday? He did. Nah, not yesterday. Oh. Uh. I think when we were driving okay. to Patterson. Yeah, yeah, my boy Virgil Hawkins. Go on, Virgil. Yes, yeah, that's that's the gloves. Yeah, it's Virgil. I'm gonna add like electricity and post. Yeah. I put a shock to your system. That was his catchphrase. You made him sound. He sounds like that. I He's, put a shock. I put a shock to your system. Nah, you don't sound not like that. that. Not like that. That's huh? good. Yo, yeah, you're right. You're a little right. too high, I think. But I can't remember what he sounds like, so I don't even I know what a, I'm saying. I, I can't get it. It's not gonna happen. I put it. I put a shock. Nah, it wasn't That's that. Too, he was. He was. He was fine. Well, so so wait. So what are some of these traits? Like you know how I spoke about uh, Elon and Will Ferrell, like these well, certain well, things about them. What are traits about Static Shock that? Uh, Static Shock was bullied in high school, and uh, the first episode, he grabs a gun, uh, joins a gang, gets caught in a shootout, shootout is in a nuclear power plant, gets superpowers. I always wish I had superpowers, and I always said, like, oh my God, um, the world is so hard to live through as a normal, average, regular person. I feel like I need something else in order to make it through these days, so Static is that kid that I wish I was that had that extra push, had that extra power to get through regular average everyday situations, you know? I wish I had that. So yeah, it was my role model. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was bullied too in high school before I got to Maris, before I met you and all that. So. Oh God, swirlies? Uh, locker, I, I got locked in a locker once. Oh my God, maybe twice. man, those movies. You think <laughs> movies inspired that or is it just like naturally? I don't think anyone just said, Hey, let me let's see if Rashad can fit in this locker. I probably saw it in a movie or something like that. Yeah, I don't it's know. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So movies don't inspire violence, but they certainly inspire actions and ideas to to be applied. Role models violence. Media. Yeah. You, media. Yeah. Let's get the media out of this fucking world. No yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, we did that the same No time. Grand Theft Auto. Nice. Cancel Grand Theft Auto. Damn. Um Saints Row. Cause they, you can fight with, you can fight with <laughs> a dildo. Saints crazy. You can fight with a dildo. Are you yeah. serious? You never. No. Why pig, would I know that? It's one of the strongest weapons. Oh my. It's weird. It's weird as fuck. It's a. That's a fun game. That's a fun game. If I miss anything about video games, which you know we're gonna, I think it'll be a mistake to get a monitor, but we will because we're gonna. You know, it might be a mistake. Yeah. yeah. But you know. It, but yeah. No. That's uh, that game was fun, man. I love those open world games, like Prototype too. I like, hate open world games. 
I need something static with a story that Shock. I can traverse through. It's like I, I want to. You don't be, want side quests? Nah, I hate that too. I'll I'll just do the story in the main quest. That's it. Mm. Done. Ghost of Tsushima. I just played that game straight through. <sighs> all them side quests. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Fuck them. Yeah. There's a lot of people that need your help, and you just say fuck them. I got my own thing to do every once in a while, you know? Yeah. I help people in real life. When I play a video game, I just want to be the main character, kill my villain, and, and be on with the rest of my day and my and life. End it. Yeah. That's it. End. Done. Yeah. But you don't like to live through the uh, the more engrossing aspects engrossing. Of, a, of a game where you get here, 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 and you know, you get into like, oh, my son has been kidnapped by a werewolf. Please help me. It's like 20 gold or wasted, some shit. Wasted time. Wasted waste time. time. So you're going to let that son die? He's dead. He's dead. You're going to let that kid die? Yeah, he would have died without So you're me. a child murderer. Wow. Imagine. So you're a child murderer. Wow. You know, that just twist it. <laughs> that was slick. So you're a, ki- you're a killer of childs. <laughs> killer English of childs. English off. You're a killer of childs. <laughs> you kill childs. On record. Childs, On record. not children. That's great. That's great. Childs. <laughs> that's, uh, that's super sidetrack. I, I hear you. Yeah. Everyone everyone likes to experience games differently. Um, I would get lost in like Skyrim and Fallout. Hated them. Damn. Man. Hated it. So what's your favorite video game? My favorite video game. I may not know it, so when you say it, express it a little bit. Um. <laughs> like, talk about it. Don't just say it tight. I'll be like, oh, oh yeah. Let me see. Uh, you know what? Probably it changes every year. You know what? Last of Us 2. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, I heard that was a great game. You ain't play it? I, I only played Last of Us a little bit, not too. Only though. the first one? Only the first oh, one. Oh, bruh, 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 bruh. Oh my God. I, I got to say this story. What's, was yeah, so what's it about? Immersive. So basically, the world is over and it's the last of us. It's the last few people. Oh my right. God. And uh, in the first game, you got my dude Joel right when the infection kicks off because it's like a zombie esque pandemic. Um, and my, my boy Joel, he has his daughter. And in the first, like, 20 minutes we see his daughter die mm-hmm. and then, that's what i remember right and then we cut back to years later and he meets this girl named ellie she is the she she's unaffected by the virus and they're trying to find a way to create a cure from her and i'm not going to tell you how that game at do you care um no i'm always like you know there's a whole experience that still go through unless it's like a huge plot twist Joel go oh yeah I I I don't want to spoil it for you but Joel goes to across the country with this girl she basically becomes his her, his daughter right right of course naturally right loses his fucking kid and then he has the choice do I let her die to create the cure or do I kill everybody and get out of here and he killed the whole uh, militia that was uh gonna create that cure from her blood just to keep his daughter alive you know that person that was just like his daughter you know yeah that's crazy I that's felt, that's oh intense and then the second game uh she's like i should be dead right now i could have saved the entire world and you took that away from me oh uh, so she's like bitter about it she's got some animosity built up yeah because she's alive yeah fuck and i want to say so much more but i don't want to spoil it oh man yeah these games get deep yo man oh these storylines i could talk about last of us two for hours <laughs> yeah this is gaming i gaming played podcast. it and then saw a playthrough i saw three three different youtubers play the same game that's how i'm in love with that game i was yeah yeah oh man you also just love watching shit happen like uh those videos uh-huh. those like see how videos. people react to the same thing that i went through it's dope mm-hmm. love it we were watching attack on titan together yeah yeah man <laughs> that show is stressful <laughs> that show is stressful i really i really want to uh jump back into it the okay. way we, the way we ended was with the dude uh, the, uh i guess what that's the armor titan no not the armor titan <laughs> the, col- the colossal spoilers, spoilers. <sighs> cut where I don't know what the mouth opening. Yeah. yeah, the mouth yeah. opening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you can take. Yeah. Oh man, what a way to end. That was frustrating. It's like, oh shit, I gotta leave. Because that was like the third episode. That was fourth. It had to be four. We watched. So it was many. three episodes. I don't know why you insisted it was. Four. It felt long. It felt stressful and long. I guess that's why. 
how you use the word stress. I'm not sure if you should be watching a show that you describe as good and describe it as stressful. I'm not sure if that's a healthy yeah. relationship with things you enjoy. Maybe not stressful, anxiety ridden. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You enjoy anxiety? A part of me. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, you get into this thing and plus we were smoking, you know, so we were like, yeah, that's true. We were that's like true. pretty high. Yeah. So like, not anxiety in the sense of like, you know, fuck, like I'm worried. I'm like deep. I get deep into shit, especially when I really like it. Okay. I, I like get sucked into it. So, you know, a show like that where like twists just happen in the blink of an eye yeah. and you don't expect it. And then like the, the the animation is just so beautiful. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. The soundtrack. Yeah. The sound, like everything about it is so like uh, ca- captivating. Uh-huh. Um, so just naturally I get really pulled in. And I get stressed out for the characters because they're stressed the fuck out. Yeah. Like, have you seen Have you seen A Quiet Place? That mirror effect. Uh, no, I haven't. That's what uh, Jim Halpert, right? Yeah, I know uh, that's not his John Kaczynski. Jim Halpert. Jim Halpert. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a <laughs> There's an alien here. Looks at camera. Yo, yo, the the office, the office version of A Bro, Quiet Place would be interesting. Did you see Wandavision? No, I haven't. Well, no. So you know, I just got this TV. And I have HBO Max. Okay. So I'm I'm cool with HBO Max. I don't know about Disney Plus. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't get. have it. My roommate has it. I saw it with him. Mm. But they do every episode. So like they're sort of like it's set up like a sitcom, right? And every episode is like a sitcom from a different time period. So mm. like the first one is like the twenties, and the last episode that came out so far was set up like it was the daggone office. So you really? see the random camera close up, nowhere. Yeah, it's dope. Every episode looks completely different. You gotta what's watch the, it. What's the drive? What's like the, what's the overall like? I'm not telling you the story, story arc. I'm not I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not spoiling nothing. I, so no, I need to pay. no spoilers on here. Yeah, I, I need to need to pay or I need to visit you again so I'm, we can watch that. Could, we could do that. We could do that. Yeah, I'll probably swing by, man. Where? Swing by. Did I just get bagged? Damn. Yeah. yeah. My boy got game. Disney right, Plus cat. and chill. Wait. Is it Disney Plus? Yeah, it's Plus. Disney Plus. Wait. Disney Plus and chill. Disney Plus. I also want to see Soul. I want to see Soul that is good. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, I was in tears. For for, yeah. A tears. Yeah. Well, Pixar knows how to pull strings, man. They sure Pixar, is, Pixar is creepy in the sense of like how <laughs> well they do these fucking things. Like, they made it? a kids movie about a guy that died. That's crazy. That's what Soul is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. To, to make that lighthearted, warm, and fun, it's a gift. It's crazy. It is. It is. And and all their stories are really kind of out there, like up, where it's like this dude mm-hmm. gets, meets this woman and like they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And it's like that whole 10 minute fucking journey with that piano. So fucking dude, that was like probably the number one, just like a very short part of the movie, but one of the more just powerful fucking introductions to a movie I've ever experienced. But Pixar just knows, like, Pixar knows how to, like, work with the their people's, like, eyes. Tear and, ducts, like, bruh. Yeah, man. Cracking what things the fuck? open. Like, the characters, just how they animate things and the music and the combination of everything. The it's, colors. It's, yeah. It's, it's cool, man. Even Inside Out, it's like, how do you make these movies um, about, uh, I guess you're good at that, objects. Because okay. cars was the thing, right? It's like, oh, cars. They're alive. And then, like, inside out, it's like feelings are alive, like talking to each other. Uh huh. Kind of how the mind works, I guess. Wally. My mentor is a counseling psychologist, won't stop talking about inside out. Mm. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, that, what sort of things? Huh? Feelings. Mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. Being in touch with your feelings. She said that it accurately captures what it's like to go through your feelings. And I'm like, dang, you could do that through a movie and a clinical psychologist agrees with some kids movies uh mm-hmm. idea of expression of feelings dope yeah. yeah dope was a good movie i don't know if you saw that dope was cool it, yeah right dope was cool i think it was a little forgettable though whoa oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm no. forgettable i'm literally the kid you don't, you, don't, you don't see it yeah, like I forgot what the kid was. So you are, I guess you are forgettable, man. I'm sorry. Bro, I'm no, no, the movie was good. This table. Oh my god, that'd be cool. Just fight on camera. I don't mind, bro. Fuck you. What is this WWE now? It's crazy. Bro. Yeah, no, this is a hybrid podcast. So we talk first like 30 minutes, and then we. You keep saying wrestle. this Fight Club shit, man. Wrestle. Well, little wrestle. Wrestle. I'm surprised my voice just did that mimicking. Wrestle? That's crazy. Um, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but going back to what you were saying, I just love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> going back to what you were saying it's like 
the movie is pretty accurate with like how we manage feelings uh -huh. and then we give power to our feelings there's like right there's like joy sadness anger anxiety whatever the fuck right was there five of them i don't know four i think four is good enough uh -huh. but like yeah we feed into these things so like if you are in like a slump or something and you feed into the more sad parts then she's gonna walk up and put the fucking ball in and then you're fucking sad for a long time or do you have that voice in your head maybe it's a mix of like anger and happy where you're like i can't stay in this i can't stay in this place mm -hmm. i have to get out of this place because number one it's stopping me from progressing number two uh what's crazy it's just such a lonely experience when you're going through something you know like people right. can be there for you but it's ultimately your own journey it's your own mental journey that you have to like overcome which is probably the most hardest thing in life you can bump into these these i guess what do you call them Genius. these crashes okay these crashes i would say because there's like you know sometimes life is just like smooth rolling like you're we were chilling today men's night last night men's night although you know um <laughs> mel and liz were there you know but men's night <laughs> men's night is inclusive men's, yeah yeah it's just labeled that way um you know smooth rolling and then something happens where it's like poof, there's a crash there's a stop and it's like there's a pause and the way our mind is structured just throughout through like through time that's uh, a beautiful articulation of men's night man it depends on yeah it depends on like what you feed into which is crazy like by our age now we have certain emotions that are more powerful so that's it's it's a journey that you're not even thinking about through grammar school and high school mm -hmm. you're feeding into these feelings and emotions in, in college so then by our age we have these certain core values and traits that are already like settled in uh and i think for us too it's like i think we have this a pretty strong uh sense of like understanding of that you know a strong drive although i mean i agree but i can't say i mean like if if you read my bio and all the things I've done, you'd say, oh, Rashad is extremely motivated. Rashad knows exactly what he's doing. Rashad has it all together. You might think that, but like, yo, uh, I'm a full-time artist. I was the former polarity of the Jersey City, and I don't know what I'm doing with poetry. I don't know uh, if I'm ever going to get a job as a teacher in the classroom. I don't have a job right now. I'm not, I'm not even sure if that's okay, you know? Uh I have no idea what I'm doing. I wouldn't call it drive. I think it's all support, you know? Like what's happening right now in this moment is because you support me and believe in me or you see something in me that says, yo, I wanna help this guy out. I don't know what it is. I don't know what makes you do that, but I'm only allowed to live, thrive and succeed because of other people's perspective or feelings towards me, you know? Mm -hmm. I need, others you know and it's, it's so hard to my hardest challenge is one admitting that and two realizing that it's okay for me not to be self-reliant it's okay for me to not be able to do this for myself you know that's that's people see that as weak as like uh, a crutch yeah. but i'm like the second you admit that you can get those needs met you know, yes, yes, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not perfect and stuff. Yeah, nobody's hard perfect. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. You know, it's it's life comes with so many challenges. And but, I would say, you know, we're we're like family. We've known each other for so long, and like you know, the the days seven of, years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like watching season one, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. That's always a memory, you know. Oh. And like Stephen, was it every Sunday? Of ours. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We literally made it a thing to get together and and try and watch that show you uh -huh. know at some point we realized that they were like token black characters and then the show kind of got bad you can only have three. one you can only have one it's so funny man you can only have one because on they show. would kill one off right after the other it was great yeah it's weird it's like weird pattern my but, boy no. t-dog oh yeah t-dog <laughs> but um yeah man life is life is a journey love I you think, man love you too dude yeah. love you too man come here Word. life is a journey man and it's I don't think you ever really discover. I think it's like because of the pressures via internet and social media okay. that we have, like it's more personal, I think, that we have this certain incentive that we have to keep doing things. Mm -hmm. And that's just via like people 
just the way social media is set up, like stories and um, the way people's feeds are set up. And it's like this constant activity and this constant feed of like lives that we're seeing. We feel like we have to always be on this like drive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's unhealthy. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. It's cool to slow down, you know. It's cool to take your time, strategize, plan, you know, hang out, rely on others, or, you know, like all these things are natural to the human experience. You can be weak, you can fall, you can crumble. That's okay. You need to be able to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to see someone fail. And social media is all about seeing success, about people putting out their best versions of themselves. Sometimes you, th- th- I think that's why people like my art is because. I show those lows that I go through um, to the absolute best of my ability. I want to be honest and vulnerable because I never saw, like, you know, growing, my mother raised me by herself. Um, I had my dad, I went to my dad on the weekends and things like that, but my mother had a really hard time showing me her emotions and her feelings and reasonably so. She's the pillar. She is to hold me up. She is to be strong or someone taught her that, you know? So I didn't know how to communicate my feelings because of that. And now that I do know how to, I'm going to do that for everyone else. So when some kid is growing up or I'm performing at a high school and they're having a hard time with something, they can say, oh, this guy that I look up to that was on that stage that is some big guy that they they don't know anything about me, but I'm the guy that came to their school. So I have some sort of influence or they see something in me. And that guy went through that hard moment too. That guy was bullied in high school, you know? Yeah. 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 Power of art. The power of art, you know, creating that relatable Mm -hmm. comfortability. That crazy, that's the crazy connection that art creates, man. I know. So are you, are you working on anything new? Uh, I have a second book in the making. It's called Working Definition, Dictionary and Thesaurus. Um, it's really interesting. It's, I, um, so like, it's, so like I was in the psychiatric unit, uh, public knowledge, you know, this, I was in the psychiatric unit in November for a week Yeah, and I got my medical records. So the book is me capturing, uh, my, my records and me writing that in the book and everything I was experiencing throughout the entire book with all the poems are format like newspaper articles because those were the only things I accessed to reading while I was there and things like that. Uh, dictionary terms and things like that. So the whole book is about me finding out who I am uh, in this psychiatric unit. Yeah, in the context of me being in that psychiatric unit. Yeah. How long were you there for again? How Just long? a week. Yeah. And that was that was kind of long enough. What was the what was the experience like? Um, well, for you personally, like. Having gone what you went through. Uh, I was at such a low. You know, I've never been that dark, that deep in my depression ever in my life. And um, having a week away, completely away from the world, you know, no one could call me. No one could text me. I think I couldn't go to work, you know. Yeah. It's like going cold turkey. Yeah. This could be pretty strong. Of a- no liquor, no weed. Nothing. Three meals a day. So you're entirely sober. You're entirely sober, and now you're in this quiet, basically isolated world with, mm-hmm. just, with just you. It's just you. You would think that. Oh, there's people there. Yes. That had the, there was a community. Yes. Right. And uh, all that time by myself, and then seeing all these other people as mirrors, or seeing myself in them in different levels, in different ways. Um, Changed my life. Uh, I think I, there's a lot of room for me to grow from that one week I spent in that psychiatric unit, and that's why I want to give to the world. That's why I'm uh, working on this book. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'm excited. Thank you. That sounds dope, man. Yeah. That sounds dope. Good luck with that, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I don't know how I'm going to get it published yet. Probably going to go. I'm probably gonna, not going to self-publish it like I did my last book, which was kind of self-published, but I had a publishing company work with me. Um, but I'm probably gonna send this to a couple of contests, see yeah. if they want to put it out somewhere. Yeah. Do you ever think of doing like an audiobook? Yes. Uh, a full fleshed on recording of like poems and selling that. My first book was gonna be an audiobook. Romeo's uh, Whiskey? Yes. Never happened, never figured out how to do it. Didn't have the resources to pull it off at that time. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder if that's something you could just do on your own thing, on your own accord. Because I know you do, I know for your own content, you do like AMVs. Where yes. You record, you, you record uh, your spoken word and you have visuals, sometimes lo-fi beats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Village Hidden in the Verse. Trying to get that started, get that uh, up and running. But we'll do some shit. We'll do some shit here, man. I love anime, man. I love anime. I Jeez. love poetry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know you. Uh, I guess everyone in a friend group just really fucks with anime. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice group. Um, and I'm just getting back into it via Attack on Titan. But I was always kind of like more detached a little bit, but okay. still enjoyed it a lot. You know, I think the last thing I really remembered uh, predominantly was Death Note. Yeah, you know. But everyone, it's inspiring too. Just the storylines too in these animes. Did you hear about the one shot uh, that Death Note did like last year? No. They came out with an extra chapter where the books Ryuk drops the book again, um, and there's another kid that picks it up and uses the Death Note. uh, Donald Trump is in it. Oh, I know Obama was in a different anime. They called him John Omaha. Um. The, so the the one shot was based in reality. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Donald Trump tries to buy the Death Note anonymously off whoever the owner is. Oh my god. Yeah. That's fucking. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Was it more comical then because it's got like these satirical personalities. Mm. Definitely satirical. Mm. Yeah. Um, we did touch on like what you do with writing, but what is the process like? Uh the process. Um. So I'm, I, I was a slam poet, meaning I competed and stuff like that. So I would write with the intention of being on stage, with the intention of performing and competing and getting judged and scoring and traveling and going to different competitions and being on a team and working with other poets. And we write poems together and then we do the same thing with one another. Uh, so I teach other people how to do that as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, my process is me waking up every day, putting down my 300 words. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about process, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It comes full circle, though. But how about how about the process for uh, performances? Because you write down your journal, and then you get you, you create these pieces. Like you perform to yourself. Um. Yes. 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 Um. When I first started, I was a lifeguard, so I would be sitting on the deck of my pool and just looking at all these people uh, swimming with no- absolutely nothing to do on my own time, and I would just spit these lines go over my poem over and over and over and over again while you're at the pool while you're lifeguarding i just look ridiculous sitting there with my uh buoy looking at these people spitting the poems like black runner boy used to blah 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 blah. (laughs) they're probably like yo what the fuck we getting a show here too (laughs) this guy's crazy i hope he can save me yeah right (laughs) while i'm drowning while someone's drowning you're just like in the shower on my bike any and everywhere i went i was you perform while riding yeah i do i do i still do on my way to shows when i have something it's like more talking to yourself and getting the energy Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh how do you amp yourself up before shows just like that music yeah Mm. what do you listen to dreams at night man oh fuck yeah that's a good one come on now come on on give us a little taste used to pray for times like this the rhyme like this so i had to Grind like that, the shine like this in the back of the mm-hmm. padded wagon cuts, locked off wrists. See my dreams unfold, nightmares control. It's time to marry the game. I said, Yeah, I do. <laughs> Why'd you stop? Oh, man. I forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Hold on, wait a minute. That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think about. I think I think we covered everything. Yeah, yeah. But we could talk for like seven more hours. Fuck it. It's crazy, actually. Fuck it. Let's do it. Um. So tell me, like, <laughs> whoa, when you were born. Whoa, I got work. Bro. When you were born. Uh. What what that was like. Um. God said, you know what? I'm just gonna outdo myself. I'm gonna just outdo. Yeah. Like with the spices and shit. Like confidence. He looked down at her. He said, you know what? They need something. Rashad was born. Damn. Yeah. Just like that. Let there be light. A shock. I put a shock to your system. <laughs> Post lightning. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Thanks for making time before thank, before thank fucking work. Bro. Yeah, baby, come here, man. Come <laughs> here, baby. We got plans, bro. We got plans. Shot. 
It's a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you too, uh, Diego. I love you. I love you too, man. We out. Day by day. Things get worse and worse. That's the way it is. <laughs>